want to talk to you a little bit about stuff today. How many of you got stuff? I got stuff. I got stuff. I got lots of stuff. And I mean lots of stuff. I have lots of stuff. Uh, one of those things that I have, one of the lots of stuff that I have is clothing. Oh my. I tell you what, I love clothes. Any clothes lovers here today? You love clothes? I love clothes. Uh, I, <laughs> I have a sickness when it comes to clothing. Uh, how many of you have ever, like, I'll, I'll go to my closet, and I'll look in my closet, and it's like, I have nothing to wear. And I have everything to wear. I have pants, I have shirts, I have long sleeve shirts, short sleeve shirts, I have shorts, uh, I have t-shirts, I have sweaters, I have sweatshirts, I have every kind of clothing imaginable, and yet I look in there and go, I have nothing to wear. I have to go to the mall. Uh, anybody ever do that? Any, I have nothing to wear, so therefore I have to go to the mall. And the mall is bad. The mall is bad. The mall is evil. Uh, and uh, so it's so bad. It, my, my obsession with the mall and my obsession with clothing is so bad. My little guy who just turned 11, 11, 11, he just turned 11. And when he was really little learning to talk, uh, we would get in the car and we, he's like, where are we going, dad? I'd say, we're going to the mall. He goes to the Red Star store. And he knew, he knew that at, at, at a very young age, at like two years old, that my favorite store at the mall is Macy's. The red, that's what he knew it as, is the Red Star store, because it has the big red star outside. And it's like, yes, we're going to the Red Star store. And I'm going to buy Calvin Klein jeans, because they're my favorite and they're the best. Anyway, so the sickness that I have is, is just awful with clothing. I just... And, and I even brought clothes over for the giveaway garage sale. I brought like a whole box of clothes and I didn't even make a dent, not even a dent in my closet. It's, it's that bad. Um, I, 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 not only do I have clothes hanging in my closet, not only do I have a dresser full of clothing, but now I have tubs. I have tubs of clothing that, go under, that fit under my bed. And it's, this is ridiculous how much stuff I have in the way of clothing. And I've always been this way. When I was in high school, obsessed with clothing. Before Macy's was, anybody remember? Ellis Ayers. And I loved Ayers too. I loved that store. And it's just really, really sad. And not only do I, am I obsessed with clothing, but I'm also obsessed with books. I have so many books that I haven't read. And I, how many of you have books? Anybody have books? How many of you have read all your books? Liars! You... Maybe you have. Good for you. I have not read all my books. I have read barely any of my books, and yet I still buy them, and I don't read them. Why? Again, mentally ill. I can't help it. I just love collecting books. that I. And it's not that I can't read, because I'm not illiterate. I know how to read. I have been doing it a long time. I know how to read, uh, and I just don't have time. And that's a lie. I have time to read. I don't make time to read. The things that I read are like posts on Facebook that you put on there. And, and your lives are fascinating, apparently more fascinating than books that are going to help me grow as a person. But that's neither here nor there. I have all these books, and I don't read them. And, and we're all this way. We all have something that we're all obsessed with, that we store up all this stuff. And we've got, and maybe for you it's clothes, like me. And maybe for you it's clothing. And, and, and we, we just buy all this clothes, and, and then what do we do? We outgrow the clothing, right? We outgrow the clothing, uh, and we say to ourselves, well, someday this is going to fit again. Someday I'm going to lose the weight, and this 1974 leisure suit is finally going to fit again. And I know it's coming back in style. Eventually, it will be back in style. Eventually, John Travolta's look from Saturday Night Fever will be back. No, it won't. I'm sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble. That ain't coming back. Uh, no more No more disco. Um, and uh, yeah, praise the Lord for that. Uh, but uh, so, oh, give me that knife, fever, 
<laughs> but uh, maybe you're obsessed with clothing, you know, and your closet is so full of stuff and you just can't possibly ever wear it all. You know what I do? This is here. here. This is my, the, uh, the, the extent of my illness. Uh, I will go on a Sunday morning. I will go to our Vimeo page. That's where we put all of our sermons, uh, uh, the videos of our sermons. And I will look over the last six to eight weeks to see what I wore every Sunday. Just so that I don't wear the same thing twice in a six to eight week period. How crazy is that? We are talking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on this stage. And yet you listen to me every week. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, maybe for you it's clothing. Maybe for you it's, uh, maybe it's food. You know, maybe for you it's food. And we are terrible at this in this country where we buy stuff and it goes bad in our, closet, in our cabinets, in our pantries, in our fridges. You know, we buy food. We buy so much food. We'll go to the grocery store and, and drop 150, 200 bucks on food. And then it just sits there and goes bad. And like you walk into your pantry and you're looking like, where did all this food come from? And you pick up a can of garbanzo beans and you're like, why did I buy garbanzo beans? When was I ever going to eat garbanzo beans? And you look on the bottom of the can and they expired two years ago. And then you spend the next 20 minutes trying to determine why in the world you bought garbanzo beans four years ago that expired two years ago. And then you throw them away because it's obviously no good anymore. Or we'll, we'll buy meat that we don't eat. We'll buy food that we don't eat and we just throw it all. Or we'll go to the grocery store. We'll drop $150, $200 at the grocery store. And then we get home. We put it all away. And it's like, I'm exhausted. Let's go out for eat. Is this crazy? It's like, I just spent $200 on groceries. And now I want to go out to eat and drop another 50 bucks on pizza or whatever. We're obsessed with storing up food. We're obsessed with food. We're obsessed with hoarding things. Maybe it's cars. How many of you have more cars than drivers in your house? Anybody dare to admit that? You got more cars than drivers. That's not good. I mean, what are you saving the cars for, right? But we do that. We collect stuff. We store stuff. We hoard things. And we all do it in one way or another. Whether it's books clothes, food, money. We'll hoard money. IRAs, 401ks, savings accounts, investments. You know, we hoard money and we put it away. And here's the thing is that we don't know how long we're going to live. We save all this money for the end of our lives and we don't know when that's going to come. We don't know. And so we'll put money away and money away and money away thinking, okay, I got to put all this money away because the last 15, 20, my year, 20 years of my life, I'm going to live the good life. Never mind the fact that you are not guaranteed those last 15 to 20 years. I mean, there will be a last 15 to 20 years, but it may not last 15 to 20 years. And so we put all this money away, we put all this stuff away, and we, we store all these things up, and we hoard all these things, and, and, and we, we... How many of you have a junk room in your house? Anybody got a junk room? Just storage room of stuff that, like... Yeah, yeah, it's like I, I, you haven't even been in there in a year and a half because you're afraid to walk in there. Or how many of you have a storage unit? We have buildings full of rooms because we have too much stuff in our houses that we have to rent a space to put stuff in. And how many of you haven't been in your storage unit in six months? Anybody? Don't admit that. People look at you like they look at me right now. You're sick. My Christmas tree has to go somewhere. There's no room for it in the house. And so what do we do? When the house gets too full of stuff, what do we do? We buy a bigger house. We get more rooms. It's not because of the people. It's because of the stuff. 
We got too much stuff. We got so much stuff and we hoard all these things and we store up all this stuff and we collect all these things and all of this stuff. Are any collectors out there? Like precious moments, uh, CDs, DVDs, albums. Yeah, we all do it. It's like, I got to have this and I got to hold on to it because it's going to be worth something someday. No, it's not. Because someday you're going to be dead and somebody is going to fight over it and they don't care about it the way you care about it. And the fact is, we're all going to die someday. And when we store up all this stuff, and we hoard all this money, and we hoard all this food, and all of this clothing, and all that's going to happen is someday, somebody, some of your relatives are going to fight over who gets that Bee Gees album. See, that, that's called synergy. That's full circle. Thank you. Somebody's going to fight over your stuff. And you're not going to care anymore. Because you can't take it with you. You just can't. So, why all this talk about stuff? It's because Jesus talked about stuff. And in today's parable, we're going to talk about stuff. We've been looking at different parables on, from the book of Luke on Sunday mornings here this summer. And today's the last one. This is our last parable in the book of Luke. A parable is just a short story that Jesus told using everyday objects that reveal a great big truth. And so today's big truth is about generosity and investing our lives in something more than just stuff. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 12. We're in verses 13 through 21. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's okay. You can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 737. Or if you have your uh, smartphone or tablet and you want to use your favorite Bible app, uh, you can use that on, uh, uh, on either version or Bible Gateway. Or actually today, starting today, we're going to be putting all the, the Scripture passages up on the screen as well. If your eyes don't work with the little tiny print in the Bible in front of you, uh, you'll be able to see it a little bit better up on the screen. So we're going to do that in just a second. Now, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is addressing his disciples. He's talking to his disciples about what it means to be a faithful follower of his and then there's a great big crowd gathering around him. So all these people are gathering around Jesus to listen to him teach. And then a man steps up. And this is what it says in verse 13. Look at this. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So you've got two brothers, and one of them has received the double share of the inheritance. The older one has received the double share of the inheritance. In those days, uh, when your parents died and you received the inheritance, uh, the oldest brother would receive a double share or a double portion than all the others. And so if there were two brothers... Uh, the oldest would receive two-thirds, and the youngest would receive one-third. Or if there were three brothers, uh, the oldest would receive half, and the other two would receive a quarter each. Now, the reason they did this was because it was also the oldest son's responsibility to take care of the family and the estate going forward. Now, what they would do is sometimes they would not divide up the estate. They would keep it all together. They would keep the inheritance all together and kind of run it like a family business. Well, in this instance... This younger brother, we're presuming it's the younger brother, is he wants his share of the inheritance. He wants to break away from the family business. Maybe he wants to set out on his own. Maybe he wants to start his own business. But either, in either case, he wants his share of the inheritance. 
And Jesus says, well, why are you asking me to decide this? Why are you turning to me uh, in this situation? Now, in those days, uh, rabbis were often looked at to, uh, and asked to decide disputes and to settle disputes between two parties. And Jesus is saying, why are you asking me? No one's appointed me as the judge or arbiter between you. And then he gives this warning about uh, greed. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And then he, he just drops the bomb when he says this. And this is so true. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now that flies directly in the face of 21st century life in America. Because what do we say? He who dies with the most toys wins. If you can get the most toys, the most gadgets, the most clothes, the most food, the most money, the most whatever, he who dies with the most toys wins. I like the other way it's said. He who dies with the most toys still dies. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And just because you hoard things or uh, gather as much as you can, whether it's in a retirement account or whether it's in your closet or in your pantry, you're that's not your life. Your stuff does not define your life. So Jesus goes on to explain this in a parable uh, as we continue in verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Notice what this man says. All right, so he is a rich man who has got a lot of land. And one year, his crop, his, his farm uh, creates a, a great big crop. And he has a great, great harvest one year. And so he's going to take his harvest and he's going to tear down his barns because he doesn't have enough room for all of his crops. And he's going to build even bigger barns to store all his crops. And he's going to hang on to it and he's going to uh, keep it for safekeeping. And he's going to live off of it for years to come. He's going to eat, drink, and be merry in retirement. Now, one of the questions uh, that I have is, do you notice what this man says time and again? Listen to this. The ground of a certain man produced a, a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. I will tear down my barns. I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself. How many times does he use the word my? My, 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 my. It's all about me. He, in his mind, he is a self-made man. He did it himself. He is Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And he completely misses the point. Because he never made the sunshine. He didn't cause the rain to fall. He didn't make the seeds grow. He probably didn't even do the work to harvest the, the, the crops. You see, it was God who did everything else. God caused the sun to shine and the rain to fall and the seeds to grow. But in his mind, he's a self-made man. 
And so he's just going to sit back and take it easy, this Epicurean philosophy of of, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. He's going to live it up in retirement. But God has the last laugh. Look at verse 20. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You see, God tells him, Your life is over. And that's the thing, is that none of us knows how long we have left. None of us knows what the future holds. We're all going to die. And we don't know when that day is going to come. Therefore, this man, for the rich man in the parable, it was that night. And then he says, God says to him, what is going to become of all your possessions? What is going to become of all of your stuff? What is going to become of all of your crops? Your relatives are going to fight over it. Because you can't take it with you. And then Jesus drops the mic and says this. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. If you are not generous, Jesus says you will be condemned. Because we're all going to die. What's going to happen when we do? So I've got some questions for you I want to ask you. I three questions I want to ask you real quick. Uh, the first question is, are you so focused on life before death that you are forgetting about life after death? Are you so focused on life before death that you are forgetting about life after death? I love what my... Uh, one of my heroes says, Rick Warren is the pastor of Saddleback Church in California, and he said this. He says, the, the seven or eight decades that we get on this planet are nothing compared to the trillions of decades we will spend in God's presence. The 70 or 80 years you get on this planet is nothing compared to the trillions of years you will spend in eternity in God's presence. You see, everyone lives forever. Every single one of us lives forever. We all live forever, and you will live forever in one of two places. You will live forever in heaven with Jesus, or you will live forever in hell, in suffering. And that's it. Those are the two options. That's what it comes down to. So what are you doing with your 70, 80 years that you get on this planet to prepare for eternity? What are you doing for the 70, 80 years that you get now, if you get that? Are you prepared for what comes next? Are you so focused on life before death that you are forgetting about life after death? Next question I have for you is this. Do you have stuff or does your stuff have you? Kyle Adelman is the pastor of uh, Southeast Christian Church down in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, he asked this question in his book, Not a Fan. Do you have stuff, or does your stuff have you? What possesses you? Does your stuff possess you, or do you possess your stuff? Third question. Are you more focused on accumulating wealth than you are in cultivating relationships? Are you more focused on accumulating wealth than you are on cultivating relationships? Because here's the thing that lasts forever. There's two things that last forever, God and people. I heard a a preacher talking about this recently, that there are two things that last forever, God and people. God is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He goes on forever. And people are eternal. That we, we will live, we will die, and then we will live forever. 
And like I said, you can live forever in one of two places. You will either live forever with Jesus in heaven or you will live for eternity separated from God in hell. Those are the two options. So are you prepared for life after death? Or are you living your life as though all that matters is life before death? Are you prepared for life after death? What are you doing to cultivate your relationship with God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith and trust in him for salvation, for forgiveness? Have you, do you believe in him? Have you repented of your sins? Have you confessed your faith and gotten baptized? Are you living a faithful life for Jesus Christ now? Are you living faithfully for Jesus? Because that's what it's all about is, is faithful living for Jesus Christ. Living each and every day for Jesus. Not for your stuff, not for your things, not for wealth, not for possessions. Because what did Jesus say? Your life is not defined by your possessions. Your life is not defined by your stuff. And that flies directly in the face of where we live. That flies directly in the face of, of, of advertising, and, and it flies directly in the face of materialism and consumerism, where we've got to have more and more and more. Are you living your life faithfully for Jesus Christ? And then the other thing that lasts forever is people. People last forever. And so my question uh, is, is, you know, your relationships with people matter for eternity. Your relationships with people matter for eternity. And what are you doing to cultivate those relationships? Are you loving your family well? Or are you more concerned with accumulating wealth? There's only so much overtime that you can have. There's only so many jobs that you can work. There's only so much time you can dedicate to work. But your family needs you. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. They need you to model Jesus to them. They need you to invest your life in them. Teenagers, your parents are not your enemy. I know, crazy, right? Mind. Your parents are not your enemy. Invest in your relationship, teenagers, with your parents. You're not going to have them forever. Sorry. Invest in your relationships. And, and, and grandparents, invest in your relationship with your grandkids. Spoil your grandkids. They hate your kids, but they love you. Because you give them money and candy. They love you. Invest your life in your grandkids. Show them what it means to finish well. Show them what it means to love Jesus. Show them what it means to faithfully live out a life for Jesus Christ. Invest in your grandkids. Invest your life in your brothers and your sisters. Invest your life in other people, by serving other people and loving other people. Because relationships last forever. People are eternal. People live forever. Invest your life in more than just stuff. Invest your life in more than just things. Invest your life in more than just possessions. Invest your life 
and more than the things of this world. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. And you store up treasures in heaven by being generous toward God with your time, your talent, and your treasure, by investing your life in relationships that last, by investing your life in your children and in your parents and in your grandchildren and in your brothers and your sisters and in your church family and in your co-workers and in your neighbors, that when we will invest our lives in the things that matter for eternity, lives will be changed. Destinies will be transformed. My question for you is, are you so focused on life after life before death that you're forgetting about life after death? You only get so much time. You only get so many years. But you are going to live forever. What are you investing your life in that is going to last for eternity? What are you going to invest your life in that will matter forever and ever and ever? Because your stuff that you own or your stuff that owns you, that doesn't last. Clothes go out of style. They get holes in them. They get ripped. They get stained. Books fall apart. Gadgets break down. You drop your cell phone in the toilet and what good is it, right? Stuff doesn't last. But God is eternal and so are people. Invest your life in the things that count for eternity.